Welcome to the Multi-Purpose Room, a podcast helping school organizations and school administrations achieve their goals. Each episode discusses real-life topics that PTAs, PTOs, and school staff are dealing with. Our hosts and guests offer practical tips, learnings, and best practices to achieve their desired outcomes. Here are your hosts, Wesley and Deborah Jones. Fall is a popular time to have a school carnival. And actually, we just finished ours at my youngest daughter's elementary school. I've also seen a lot of Facebook posts stressing about the upcoming carnivals. And so I know carnivals are top of mind right now. Whether you're doing yours now in the fall and need help planning or need just a few ideas, or you're doing a spring carnival and want to know where to start, we will get into some tips for all of you. I did a bunch of research here from a number of different sources, talked to friends who've run carnivals, and we're going to tackle some of the biggest challenges that I've heard, which are getting volunteers, switching up the games to have something new, and how much you should charge. And I have the top solutions for you. So let's start with the basics. Plan for at least four weeks of planning time, it's better if you can have six or eight just so you can get the word out. If you do six or eight, it's not like you have to spend the whole time getting your ducks in a row. It's just having the date that far out is helpful to ensure high attendance. After you've got a date in mind, assign a chairperson and work with your school administration and your PTA group to rally everybody around the final date. In other words, make sure that it works for them. So what's a good date to pick? A lot of schools tie it in with a holiday of some sort because that can give you a theme. And so fall, you know, something like a fall festival or a Halloween carnival can be really helpful. You can have pumpkins. You don't want to make it too close to actual Halloween or to Thanksgiving if you're doing a fall festival. But having it a few weeks before Halloween, for example, or a few weeks before Thanksgiving can work really well. Another thing I've seen is a spring carnival, tying it to Easter with Easter eggs and bunnies and other springtime things, flowers, etc. can be a lot of fun. I would recommend staying away from winter holiday time and from getting back to school. Not only is the weather bad, and oftentimes these carnivals are outside, but you also run into a lot of other events during these times, so it's nice to space it out. Um, Always check in with your school administration about any other events they know of, either happening at the district level or at the school level, so that you can make sure you don't have conflicts around your district. What about location? What I've seen be most successful for schools is just doing it on campus. That could be in the NPR if you're doing it in a bad weather time or outside. With COVID restrictions in place, I know that different schools are battling with different types of restrictions. In many states, being outside is preferable. And so doing it on school grounds outside and on a weekend can sometimes help you manage those restrictions because many times those restrictions are only in place on school days or when the school is open. If you have to choose a location that is off-site, some great examples I've seen from other leaders are doing a community center 
or an outdoor place like the outdoor part of a swim club or a field. Those are things that as a school entity, you can usually rent at fairly low cost and that will allow you to host the event and not have the overhead of a venue that is in a different location. How much time? By far the most common time I've seen is three hours. Now, some schools do it for a bit longer, some schools a bit shorter, but three hours seems to be a good amount of time to allow families to go through the carnival, play all the games, and collect their prizes. Most carnivals are in the afternoon. I think you know your community best. You know what kind of social activities people usually participate in over the weekend, what kind of gatherings they may have, and when sporting events are held. So I would take all of that into place. That's where your PTA, PTO board, and your school administration can be really helpful. When you pick the date, also pick their brains about the time. So in terms of the structure, what does this fall or spring carnival entail? Well, games are the key element, but there are also other things that can make it very popular. Pony rides, petting zoos, food, sale of goods. So let's get through all of these. I'll give you game ideas later, but in terms of aiming for games, aim for at least 10 games. I've seen up to 20. I think that that depends on how many volunteers you have or how you structure it. The way that I have found to be most successful in my research is to organize it by classroom and have the room parents of each classroom be responsible for one game for their classroom. With our school carnival, we actually keep the games in a shed from year to year, and that game stays with that teacher, so the teachers actually get fairly involved, and that's very successful because they always know where the game is. They can go grab the game. They can work with their room parents, and there is not a lot of effort needed to pull the game out of the shed and get it ready for the coming year's carnival. Other ways I've seen it done, though, is just to recruit volunteers to create a game and have those games be present with volunteers manning them on the day of the event. So I mentioned in addition to games some other things. Bounce houses can be very popular. A lot of people have young kids who really enjoy jumping up and down, getting that energy out. Bouncy slides, haunted house if it's around Halloween time frame. Those are really fun for the kids to run around. A petting zoo and or pony rides. Both of those involve getting an outside vendor, so the, the bounce house or the petting zoo or the pony ride. So you will have to work with an outside vendor, and that is an upfront cost, but typically you can raise your ticket prices if you have those things. And then for food, a bakery that parents sign up for, donate the goods, and then they're sold for a dollar. You can also ask local businesses for donations for a bakery. For example, I know local Starbucks typically will give coffee and some baked goods. A lot of other coffee shops will as well. If your school has a popcorn machine, definitely bring it out and sell some popcorn. Also, just small snacks, drinks, waters from Costco or Sam's Club or Walmart, whatever's near you, can also be sold at the event. With a food truck, that can be a nice draw for people 
at an event that's around dinner time. They can grab dinner as they head out. And it's no cost to the PTO or PTA. Typically, the food trucks want the exposure and will give you a percentage of their proceeds. The most common percent I have seen range between 10 and 20% of all items sold. And the food truck will be happy typically to come by for an hour or two, whatever you schedule. And it's a win-win for both organizations. In terms of goods, many schools have had success selling goods at their carnivals. One idea that I found in my research that I thought was a great one for a fall carnival is asking each teacher to paint a pumpkin. So you, as the PTO or PTA, purchase the pumpkin, give it to the teacher, ask them to paint it, and then the pumpkins are sold for $20. And so that is a great fundraiser for your organization. Other things I've seen sold are auction-type items, or it could be donations from local businesses that relate to the theme of the carnival. For example, pictures with the Easter bunny, or a pumpkin patch, or corn maze admission, something like that. If you do an auction as well, you don't want to overlap too much, so I wouldn't recommend doing gift baskets. But if you don't do an auction, this is a nice time to do auction items at the carnival because your local families will be there. Okay, let's talk ticket sales. Well, how much should you charge for all of this? Most schools sell a combination of wristbands and tickets. You may go one way or another. Let's start with wristbands. I've seen wristbands go for as low as $10 before and $13 day of, and as high as $30 before and $35 day of. I think it really depends on how many games and what you're offering. If you have multiple bounce houses, pony rides, a petting zoo, I would say $20 before, $25 day of, maybe even at that higher end of 30. If you don't have those items and you just have some games and it's on a smaller scale, then I think you go down at the lower end. If any schools in your area have done a carnival, you can always check in with their PTOs or PTAs as well. Now, if you do decide to do tickets as well, this can be a little more challenging to manage, but it's a similar concept. So you decide how much each game or each activity will cost in terms of tickets. Really simple way of doing it. Each game is one ticket. The bounce houses, petting zoo, any of those items that you've paid for are three tickets. And kids pay a dollar per ticket. That's a really simple way of doing it. Now, if you do have prizes, which we'll get to in a minute, just make sure that the tickets you are giving out for the kids to play the games or enter the bounce house are a different color than your prize tickets. Let's talk games. I am not going to do games much justice here in an audio-only broadcast. Go to Pinterest and Facebook groups. Search School Carnival Games. There are awesome pictures, and they really showcase some cool creativity and great games. I will say that your theme will dictate many of your games, and you can dress them up in many different ways. But so that I don't leave you hanging, here's just a laundry list of suggestions that I've heard that I thought were kind of fun. 
Candy corn bowling, where the bowling pins are painted to look like candy corn. Ski ball. Plinko. Knock em down. Ball toss. Ring toss. Beanbag toss. Nerf gun shoot. Dum dum tree. Giant Jenga. Dig for candy or dig for tickets or dig for eggs. Putt putt. Sack races. These are some really fun ideas. There's tons more. Do a search, get creative, and we would actually love to see your pictures if you want to pass those along. Most schools do do prizes that really incentivizes people to come and to win prizes. Sometimes you can do individual prizes for games. This can be a bit harder to manage, though, because you're not sure how many games each kid is going to play, and so you're not sure how many prizes to have at each game. The easiest way I've seen is to have a prize booth with prizes for a certain number of tickets won. So when the kids are playing the games, there's either a win or lose. Let's say for K through third grade in candy corn bowling, they have to knock down at least five pins, whereas the older grades have to knock down all the pins. If they knock them down, they get two tickets. If they don't knock them down, they get one. The other way to do it for the win or lose situation is if they win, they get one color ticket. If they lose, they get another color ticket. They can trade in those winning tickets for their prizes. And then any of the consolation tickets can actually be entered into a raffle. So they write their name on it. They enter it into a raffle for prizes. That's two different methods. The simplest is to do just straight, you know, two tickets or three tickets for a win and one for a consolation and then have the tickets managed at the prize table. More tickets gets you a bigger prize. But if you want to do the winner consolation raffle, you can absolutely do that as well. I've seen both be successful. In terms of what prizes to get, again, this varies. There are great ideas online, but think dollar store, think erasers, pencils, little poppet toys are popular right now, lanyards, spirit tails, all kinds of things are available online or at your local Walmart or dollar store. Get creative. If you do it around the holidays, they could maybe even win a pumpkin at the higher end or something like that. Finally, volunteers. So this is always a challenge, as you all know. The first fundamental to getting volunteers is to break out the volunteers you need into bite-sized tasks. So what I mean by that is create a sign-up genius or whatever other way you use to manage volunteers, and break it down by when you need people. The hour before for setup, each hour during for each individual game, and then the hour after for breakdown. You need volunteers to sign up for your bakery if you're having one of those and specify what they're baking. And you may need volunteers to sign up for creation of games. If you are not getting enough volunteers by creating the sign of genius and getting the word out there, then you can also look at partnering with local organizations or other PTAs, PTOs in your area. So one thing I've seen work really well is to exchange volunteer time with other PTAs or PTOs in your local area. You help them with their carnival, they help you with yours. Another thing you can do, reach out to a local organization like the high school, 
Boy Scout troop, a Rotary Club, and tap into their volunteer network. There may be people who want to come volunteer to man an hour of a game that are just in your local community. We've set it up so that there's volunteer hour credit given to high school students, and that has really helped with the volunteering. Finally, I think it's a great idea for the game making to make it part of the room parent volunteer responsibilities. But if you can't do that, again, you can get kind of creative here and you can post on social media, get older kids involved of families. So don't limit it to parents, but get older kids involved. It's amazing how creative they can be and engage your broader community to source those volunteers. So that was a lot, but that's all about A to Z running your school carnival. I think the most important things are getting set up with that carnival chairperson, picking a date, landing on your location. From there, focus on getting people to make the games, creating a sign-up genius for the remainder of your volunteers. And finally, get some prizes and have some fun. It's a really great event. I've seen recent posts of people bragging about how they've brought in $10,000 from their carnival. Others just use it as a community engagement event and not a fundraiser. However you decide to use it, I wish you lots of luck with your school carnival. Make sure to visit our website at themultipurposeroom.school to subscribe to this show. If you like the topics on this show, we share additional resources on our company blog at www.k12clothing.com. We'll see you next week in the multi-purpose room.